Vaccine distribution gets a boost and Johnson County rolls back some restrictions. On this episode, hear about the county's ongoing efforts to combat COVID. Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JOCO On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us for JOCO On The Go. I'm your host, Teresa Freed, a Johnson County resident and employee of Johnson County Government. Monday through Friday, the county has been hosting live events to provide updates on vaccine distribution. Those have been a great way to stay up to date on when and where you can get vaccinated. I'd encourage our podcast listeners to tune into those broadcasts on Facebook. We also have them available in a YouTube playlist if you don't catch the live events. Last week, we had Johnson County Department of Health and Environment Director Dr. Sami Ariola and local health officer, Dr. Joseph Lamaster, on one of those daily updates. And they talked about the increase in doses the county is receiving and also a new public health order that rolls back some restrictions in light of the decrease of COVID cases in our community, as approximately 25% of our population has received a vaccine. So here is some of that conversation. Uh, The goal is to try to increase the number of avenues and outlets where you can get the vaccine. And that's increasing... uh, um, uh, every week, every opportunity that we have to add additional uh, providers, we're doing that. 18,720 doses is about two and a half uh, times the size that we were getting for several weeks. For several weeks, we were getting 8,100 doses. So that's huge. We like that. We're happy that uh, that many doses are coming into the county. So we are ready. Our providers are ready. Uh, just before we called, uh, jump on this call, I was in, I was on a call with uh, with uh, our PIO Barbara, uh, talking to uh, some of our partners here, just ensuring that everyone is ready to to uh, to to ramp up and vaccinate. Um, people, our, our residents want uh, the vaccine, and we we want them to get vaccinated as quickly as we can. And so we're pretty excited that more vaccines are coming into the county. All right. And uh, you had a very full morning at the Board of County Commissioners meeting. There was some very good discussion there about some of the progress that we've made with vaccinations and then also uh, discussion about the local health orders. So if you and uh, Dr. Lamaster can both talk about what action was taken and why. Well, I'm happy to take that one, Teresa. Uh, Joe Lamaster, local health officer for Johnson County. So as uh, probably uh, the press know and the, the public knows, we've had in place um, public health orders of two sorts. One is a face covering order that was issued by the governor some time ago, um, which is Executive Order 20-52, which was specifically focused on face masks. Uh, and then we've had in place an additional local health order that was issued by the Board of County Commissioners a number of months ago. Uh, the, that order uh, included some stipulations with respect to not just with social distancing, but also capacity uh, in which people could be in different venues. There were limitations on uh, how many people could, for instance, sit at a table in a restaurant or how, what the percent of uh, capacity in a space could be when people were having a meeting. Um, there were also specific um, guidelines for certain types of businesses like gyms uh, that, that limited the number of people that could uh, participate in those. The current order um, does a couple of things. First, with the expiry of the governor's uh, order that was stipulating face coverings, we've reintroduced into our order 
into the new order, face coverings, very similar to what are the wording that were in her order and what we've been doing right along with similar types of exceptions, which we can talk about. And we've removed in the new order uh, all of the stipulations with respect to capacity uh, in various retails and, and other types of spaces. So we no longer have um, a limit in terms of the number of people that can be in a space um, to, in terms of the percent of the capacity or the number of people there. Uh, we still, uh, in the new order, include restrictions with respect to physical distancing. So people needing to remain when they're in public spaces, remaining six feet apart and to wear a face covering when they're not able to do that uh, on the outside or when they're inside in any kind of a public space at all with this with again with certain exceptions that have to do with a number of different venues or also whether people have particular medical problems and i think um the the thing to keep in mind is um uh, and that's uh, part of uh the basis for our recommendation is we, we, we got to where we are because of the diligence of our, of our residents. It's, we did not have vaccines until late in December, uh, but we uh, worked with our local health systems and other partners to let our residents understand the importance of wearing masks, physical distancing, avoiding large uh, indoor gatherings, even during the holidays. And all of those really were done at, at a tremendous cost. People did not typically get together like they would have with loved ones for Thanksgiving, for Christmas. And that's how we are able to get to where we are. And uh, we know the, um, the desire to roll things back very quickly. But we also know this is what we do every day. We know the risk that is associated with that. And that's, uh, and, uh, uh, but we, we try to balance that with, uh, with um, um, the preferences and the, and the feedback from, from the community. There's no question for us that we know the risk that is still there. We know that there are uh, variants, UK variants, um, South African variants, all of those uh, that are uh, uh, going around. And we know what could potentially happen if um, if the trajectory changes and um, everyone stops uh, doing what they what they what they've been doing. And we're not out of the woods yet. Um, the numbers are not actually falling anymore. They have stabilized. In other parts of the country, they're starting to shoot up. And so there's no vaccine is not at a place yet where uh, it's a it's a, is the uh, solution. It is, it is a part of the solution now. It's, it's a, a tool in our asana that's working for us. It's been very effective in helping us curtail death and hospitalization, but wearing masks, physical distancing continues to be very, very important for the next few months. And there was some discussion kind of looking forward on, on a, a path to further scale things back. Can you talk about that discussion? Right. So th that's... Um, really uh, where we get into the the qualitative aspect of, of what we do. Um, there's there's uh, what we would like as uh, public health scientists and what we think is ideal. Uh, and so, but uh, uh, then you get to a point where you balance that again with um, uh, other, other factors in, in the community. And so um, we are vaccinating very well. And so the uh, the goal to get to where we vaccinate 50% uh, of our population is uh, to be clear that's not the that's not going to give us herd immunity or uh, this population immunity that's not what that's about that's a compromise number it's a quality 
qualitative number that's just saying that's a target that we can reach. And to be clear, the risk with 50% will be uh, slightly lower than when we haven't vaccinated 10% of our population, but the risk is still there. We want that to be very clear. You could, you, you, we could still uh, have the trajectory change. We could see again uh, outbreaks. Those are possibilities there, but we're going to continue to do our best and, and vaccinate people. So right now, the goal that said is uh, get to where we've vaccinated, um, uh, giving the first dose to 50% of our population that are eligible for the vaccine. Uh, uh, that's the primary goal. And then hopefully uh, measures of community spread, which is um, incidence rate, uh, number uh, per 100,000 residents and uh, positivity rate. Hopefully we can keep those down. If those are down, uh, again, uh, while uh, throwing in the caution, that testing numbers are down, that could that would tell us that uh, community spread is still low and we are vaccinating more. Uh, comfort level for us is not going to be where we want to be, but uh, it's a fair compromise in my opinion. How are vaccines being divided among the hospitals, the, the regional partners that we have, the pharmacies and the clinics that we have? Right, so that's a, a good question. So the um, the pharmacies currently are, are getting vaccines directly from the federal government through the uh, federal uh, uh, retail pharmacy program. Um, of of course, we are working with some of them that are uh, for targeted uh, vaccination. Um, Hive and Auburn Pharmacy have been assisting us with um, uh, vaccinating in uh, uh, independent living facilities. We have some other private pharmacies that are assisting with vaccinating uh, um, intellectual and uh, developmental dis uh, disability group. And uh, we, again, have just met with uh, uh, Hive and have a couple of meetings with other pharmacies tomorrow to look at, at additional ways uh, that uh, we can expand um, the collaboration with them. Uh, our health systems have been uh, distributing uh, vaccines a lot. Several, most of the time, depends on their capacity. Um, some are able to expand. Uh, but uh, one thing to keep in mind is, so if, uh, if uh, health, uh, for us, the Department of Health and Environment, we have been averaging a slightly over 7,000 uh, vaccinations every week. So between uh, first and second doses. So there are weeks where all we did is give out uh, first doses. And so if we give out 7,000 first doses this week, in three weeks' time, it, the 7,000 uh, second doses will be due. So the number of uh, first doses that we're able to give at that time will be, will be uh, uh, decreased. It won't be as much. You've got to balance those things out with vaccines coming in. And so it's, uh, there's, uh, the, there's, the capacity is not limitless. So there are times when some health systems are able to take more to do more, but they have to balance that out with the number of second doses that they have. So, but they've all worked very hard and they are continuing to look for opportunities to, to expand um, giving out vaccines. We are doing the same. One of the things that is important to remember about these vaccines is the way that they were developed. So the 95% uh, effectiveness of the Pfizer and, uh, and Moderna vaccine that are quoted were with respect to uh, preventing severe illness like hospitalization and, and, um, uh, and death. 
but this, those studies that 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 they that they used before and that they presented to uh, the FDA, in those studies they didn't uh, specifically as endpoints of the studies uh, look at the uh, percentage of people that after vaccination would get infected. Those studies are happening afterwards. So there were some questions today about uh, whether or not it's possible after you've had one dose uh, after you've had the doses of the of those vaccines to get infected and pass it on to other people and that is still being uh, studied uh, we still don't have the answers for that uh, the johnson and johnson vaccine works a little different the way that their endpoints were different uh, it is not an, an rna virus uh, based uh, it's not an rna uh, vaccine it uses double-stranded dna which is in a sort of cold virus very typical to the sorts of um, of uh, vaccines that we've used in, in uh, prior times. The, the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines were a new type of vaccine. Uh, so, but they're all, we feel that they're all very effective and we strongly recommend getting any of them. There are no reasons not to get any of them uh, from a scientific basis. When we have our vaccine clinics, do we have some sort of wait list or um, a way to contact people? Or are we contacting people if we have excess doses that we, we need to use same day? Right, we we seldom have uh, uh, excess doses. We uh, our, our clinics are very well planned, and and then we also run our clinics with uh, volunteers, so that when um, um, uh, there's any remaining, um, we try to uh, vaccinate our volunteers. But by and large, by the time we get to the last hour or the last couple of hours in our clinics. Uh, you will see that the uh, the manager is starting to uh, manage uh, uh, opening of new vials. Uh, uh, for, for example, Pfizer is typically uh, six doses in the vial, so so we are not um, necessarily um, asking all 20, 15 or twenty vaccinators to start opening new vials towards the end. We are managing based on how many people we have, how many people we expect. So in many cases, we don't have a lot of um, doses left and that's why we um, don't have any waiting list. Uh, if there are any, we typically would uh, give them to our volunteers. All right, and can you talk a little bit about how we're prioritizing uh, individuals? We've gotten some questions on social media about whether certain health conditions are, are putting people at the top of the list or if it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We are um, the the only thing that's uh, uh, limiting right now is the number of appointments. But as more vaccines are coming in, there will be more appointments. We also don't want you to come in with uh, your medical record or anything. We don't want to see it. <laughs> we I don't want you to come with your medication uh, bottle. We don't need to see it. Um, when you are booking for the appointment, obviously there's a, 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 honor, a, a honor process to it, but um, it would uh, tell you whether you qualify if you book an appointment and you are a Johnson County resident or you work here, we'll vaccinate you. Okay, we have another question on social media about how homebound residents are getting vaccinated and who do they reach out to to initiate that process? Yeah, that's one process that uh, uh, we are very proud of. We have a team that's going into the homes uh, that's vaccinating up to 30 people every week and uh, uh, taking vaccines to them. So uh, if you, uh, and I think, uh, I know that our, our area agency uh, on aging is also reaching out to the, the program where they take food to people's homes. 
and and so they're reaching out to those to see who needs um, vaccination and coordinating with our team to go into the homes and vaccinate them. So you, you, the question about uh, how do you reach out to us, email us, jcdhe at jokogov.org or call us 913-715-2819. And our staff will assist you in getting you registered. And um, uh, if we need to bring vaccine to you, we will do that. Do you want to talk at all about the the regional partners and health systems and, and how they're kind of coordinating um, prioritization of, of patients? That's a really good question, uh, Teresa. So we participate in a regional coordinating group uh, that is uh, what's uh, usually we call it the MAC group, which meets every other Tuesday. And we keep a very close eye on what is going on in terms of the um, progress of the pandemic in terms of new cases and hospitalizations, as well as the vaccine distribution. Um, we have a number of regional partners in terms of hospital systems that are also receiving the vaccine. Uh, recently, they've been receiving that vaccine through us, uh, at least the ones that are in Johnson County. Um, Wyandotte County operates a little bit differently as do the other counties around the state. All of the counties are receiving vaccine from uh, the state. However, there's a distribution system that happens from the state and the different regional partners, uh, for the most part, are what, what's happening is that healthcare systems are coordinating with the counties in each instance to be able to work out who will take responsibility for vaccinating, for instance, the patients within the healthcare system versus those that are not in a healthcare system and have to get it directly through the, uh, the county. Things are quite different in Wyandotte County. They have some uh, walk-in uh, venues where there, where people are going who are within the the um, the criteria for receiving vaccine uh, that are that work a little bit differently, uh, but in generally uh, it's it's pretty much the same kind of uh, issues both in in any of the counties within Kansas. Now, when you go over into the Missouri side, things are a little different because they're in a different phase than we are. So different patients, uh, different types of patients are are able to get the vaccine uh, in the same way. Um, um, but but through different partnerships or at different uh, in, in different phases, uh, so that not the same people are eligible in Missouri necessarily exactly as are in Kansas. But generally, we're uh, we're progressing about the same level. We're somewhere in the neighborhood of 22 to 25 percent of the population that's eligible that's been uh, vaccinated. So it's working, I think, in both states and on both sides of the line. So be sure to stay up to date by listening to our Facebook Live events held Monday through Friday. So on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, that's at 4 o'clock and 4.30 on Wednesdays. You can also visit jococov.org forward slash coronavirus for much more on the virus in our community. Thanks for listening. You just heard Joko on the go. Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JokoGov. For more on this podcast, visit jokogov.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.